there literary fans and welcome to episode 27 of Jeff Reads His Book. I'm your host Jeff and today we're reading chapter 5 of Offworlder, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in contact with me, you can head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com and there's plenty of ways to reach me via email or Mastodon or Twitter or whatever you like. Or if you're Glenn, a text message. Anyway, well, uh, while you're over there, one fun thing you could do is buy a copy of Offworlder or possibly Bringing Balance. Or if you want to be cool, you could buy both. Both are available as ebooks or printed books. The printed books are the raddest because I think they look awesome next to each other on the shelf. But that's mostly because I'm vain and it has my name on it, right? <laughs> so... Let's see. So we did get some feedback from Chapter 4. Uh, we have the two usual suspects writing in, but we only have them for the chapter, so we're not going to be doing this for like 10 minutes like last time. So why don't we take a look first at Laura's answers, shall we? Okay, so my lovely wife, Laura, wrote in. Uh, and let's go back and see what our Chapter 4 discussion questions were, shall we? Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, okay, okay. This was a real short chapter, so these questions were worse than usual, I think. So the first question, what's your opinion of business casual? I pointed out I hate the term, and it was brought up because Henry is a database administrator in the world of magic. Ooh, so fun. And he'd have to wear business casual to that job. So what does Laura say? Business casual is such an outdated term. At my, quote, real job, I do wear business, business casual or just business, whatever. But I hate khakis, so I wear jeans as my Friday business casual. Okay, all right. Makes sense. If you can get away with it, perfect. All right. Uh, the second question was, how do you spell the word whoa, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So, um... W-H-O-A, and that's an emoji, since there's an emoji that must be how it is. Oh, it's spelled, how it's spelled. Oh, so there's like an emoji that says W-H-O-A? Who knew? I can't see it on my computer, but that is fascinating. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. That's interesting. All right. So she says W-H-O-A. Let's keep that in mind. Because the book spells it W-H-O-A, but I spell it W-O-A-H, but as I pointed out, not sure. All right, we have some more information coming up, though. All right, and then three, how many names were in this chapter, not counting Henry? So Laura says seven, lucky seven, no explanation. So we're going to come back to that. We're going to look at that in just a second after I answer or read off Glenn's answers to the same questions. All right. All right, so for business casual, uh, business casual is an acceptable alternative to having seven or more suits. It makes it almost affordable to maintain two wardrobes. <laughs> That's what Glenn says. I'd rather wear straight casual to my job where I have zero interaction with external people. I think that's a dig at me. <laughs> All right. For question two, how to spell whoa, Glenn says W-O-A-H is the Keanu type. Whoa, right? Whoa. I, 
I want to know, though, is that uh, Bill and Ted's uh, Keanu? I'd say so. I don't think he says whoa in Matrix, but whatever. Uh, W-H-O-A is Al Pacino. Hoo-ha, he's saying. Hoo-ha. I don't know how you're spelling. You, you didn't even. Uh, no. That doesn't work, Len. <laughs> so we got uh, one vote each way, but Laura has an apple emoji to back her up. So that that's impressive. Okay. Uh, let me see. Uh, the third question. How many people? Um, Glenn says five. He says Alyssa, Cindy, Pullman, Bowstring Billy. <laughs> and one more because I probably zone out for one of them. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't zone out for the whole chapter, my man. All right. That is actually the correct answer. So you have... Alyssa, Cindy, and Pullman are correct, but he missed a uh, bowstring Billy. He had a name, Julius, <laughs> like the orange Julius. <laughs> but there is a fifth, and it was Devon. Devon, yes. Sounds kind of douchey. Oh, that's some, that's some, uh, inadvertent foreshadowing. <laughs> he is douchey. <laughs> All right. Um, he also goes on to say, uh, Pullman will tragically die in a training montage from a projectile to the head, a la Starship Troopers. <laughs> He'll try to do the same trick to impress Henry and fail. It will be a defining emotional moment for Henry. <laughs> I love how Glenn thinks I wrote a good book, because I didn't. <laughs> yes. So that's pretty exciting. If you guys have feedback, go over to Jeff Reads' book and write in and give me some discussion questions. I love answers to discussion questions. I actually always have to go and look back and see what the hell they were. I never remember. I, I remember Glenn asked me if they're available on the website to like answer to read back. <laughs> Good God, no. <laughs> I guess I could put them at like the bottom of the, the podcast description, but wait. That's more work. I'm not going to do that. That's insane. This is already too much work, right? To make this podcast. It's silly. Looks like we're having a little dropout. Okay, okay. Audio's still going fine. All right, all right. I was nervous there. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so this week we are going to be reading Chapter 5 of Offworlder. That clocks in at a delightful six pages... And a single line on the seventh. <laughs> Very classy. It's really padding my page count, too. You know what? Middle school Jeff would love this book. <laughs> a lot of blank pages. <laughs> I think if I had a real editor, which obviously I don't, he would probably be like, we can't publish it like this. <laughs> I get, that would be what... Um, ba, 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 the proof copies, I think they're called. That's what it's for. Proof copies. Yes. Well, I didn't... I did flip through a proof copy on Amazon, I think, like the Kindle Direct Publishing, I guess. I don't know. I just didn't notice it or I didn't care. Who gives a crap? Yeah. So six pages. Little word of warning. Um, if you're feeling sleepy and driving home from somewhere, you're going to not want to listen to this podcast because chapter five, again, pretty dull. <laughs> uh, so I think at this meeting, I flipped through. It looks like... In this chapter, they're going to eat breakfast, ooh, and maybe go to a meeting. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed by this so far, so I think after this chapter, I'll maybe try to explain myself a little better. I, this is pretty... All right. 
So, like, in Bringing Balance, like, shit happened in that book. I, I mean, it was a little bit all over the map. Like, what the hell's going on here? But this book, Jesus, there's just nothing happening in it. Just freaking nothing. I don't even know what to say so far. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, if you're ready to be bored, we might as well dive into Chapter 5. So for today's chapter, I'm going to be sipping on a delicious glass of, and I had to bring the bottle down, it is Jim Beam Repeal Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, I bought it because it's as cheap as regular Jim Beam, and it has a much more interesting label. A little, little fun, a little orange. I've, I've gotten it before, and it is tasty. It tastes a little different than regular Jim Beam, but... I mean, it's still fantastic on, on ice, and I'm drinking it on ice today. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's not an expensive one, but I highly recommend it. Any Jim Beam is is spectacular on the rocks. I just freaking love it. Um, I also had some Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey upstairs, but I kind of opted to have the Jim Beam just because, you know, I went out and bought it today, and I was excited to have it. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So I like to mix it up a little bit. You guys already know I like the wild turkey, but yeah, Jim Beam's pretty solid too. Mm -hmm. All right, let's start reading because I know you guys cannot wait to hear all the excitement surrounding this chapter. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Margot sat down at a picnic table just outside the commissary carrying a plate of eggs and potatoes and a cup of coffee. <laughs> Uh, all right, the, it, there's two ands because it's a plate of eggs and potatoes and then and a cup of coffee. All right, that kind of sucks. There was still a bit more than half an hour until they needed to be present at the staff meeting. Huh? I didn't lie. This is going to be great. She wanted a casual breakfast before her first day working. Janie walked over with a plate containing two croissants and dropped it hard onto the table. Margot Margo hadn't known her roommate was not a morning person. Oh my god, okay. Margot hadn't known her roommate was not a morning person. There's a lot of negatives. Well, how could I say that better? Margot... Yeah, I guess not. There's no way to do it. <laughs> okay. With a groan, Janie squeezed her tall frame into the picnic table's bench across from her. That's kind of lame they have picnic tables. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Margot was about to comment on Janie's demeanor, but thought better of it. Looking around, Margot saw another four people eating breakfast outside. She wondered why it was so sparse prior to a staff meeting and guessed that most people were either still sleeping or prepared their own meals. Watching Janie rest her head on her crossed arms on the table, she made a note that perhaps she didn't want to be here this early either. She made a note, uh, I guess. Uh, Margot made a note that perhaps she didn't want to be here this early either. Why? Why? Why, why didn't she? Uh, okay, that, uh, that, mean, that was so meaningless. All right. While she ate, she noted a group of mages walking from the outskirts of the settlement towards the kitchen. She figured it would be the new warrior mages returning from their early morning work, whatever that was. She assumed it was acting macho or flexing for each other or something similar. When they drew up to the door, one mage waved to her. 
It was Janie's friend, Henry, she thought, with a mouth full of potatoes. She waved her free hand without any real enthusiasm. She was surprised Janie was friends with a warrior mage. She always found them to be intolerable braggarts. I think I spelled braggarts right, don't... Isn't that with a T? B-R-A-G-G-A-R-T-S. Is that braggarts? Hmm. Uh, you know what? Let's. We're going to go to the phone and let's see. Let's see. How do you... I think... Isn't it with a D? Braggards? Hmm. I feel like this is a, uh, a like a spelling uh, correction, like fix. Like I probably made it braggart. Oh, okay, with a T. A person who boasts about achievements or possessions. All right, that's right. Okay, all right. Like I would have spelled it with a D, I think originally. So that made me think this was maybe the uh, spell check. Got it. All right. Your friend just showed up, she said to Janie, and continued eating. Who? Janie asked without looking up. Oh, oh, she's tired. Who? Janie asked without looking up. Uh, Henry? Was that his name? She said with a full mouth of potatoes. Henry? Was that his name? Tell him to wake me up when he leaves for the meeting, Janie replied. A few moments later, the warrior mages began filing back out to the picnic tables. Margot watched as the rapidly forming clique moved to a table by themselves. Henry, though, came out last and surprised Margot by walking directly towards her table. His companions didn't seem to notice and continued walk talking amongst themselves. Is someone sleepy? Henry said as if talking to a baby while he sat down next to Janie. In response, Janie pulled one hand out and tried swatting at him, instead landing her hand in an egg yolk. Was it Henry's egg yolk? Oh, I guess we'll never know. Ooh, is that a discussion question? <laughs> Maybe, Janie said as she wiped her hand clean on a napkin. Hi, Henry said to Margot. Hi, Hi, Henry said simply to Margot. Hello, she said and continued with her breakfast. What have you been up to? Janie asked while she started ripping pieces off her croissant. Nothing, Henry responded. They had us doing a few tests. Nothing particularly interesting. Humph, Margot hummed, letting her eyes wander around the tables. She waited for Henry to start talking about his morning and conquests, but he never did. Margot, what is it you do? he asked after a short period. She turned back to her table, only to find Henry staring at her expectantly. Oh, uh, she started, trying to swallow a mouthful of food. Oh, um, I'm an illusionist, stealth and such. Really? What's that like? He explained, exclaimed with far too much enthusiasm. Really? What's that like? He exclaimed with far too much enthusiasm. Janie saw this too. Why are you so peppy? She asked, eyeing him suspiciously. Henry leaned away from the table, his face turning red from Janie's scolding. Sorry, I was just interested, he said, smiling weakly at Margot. Despite herself, she laughed at the fair-haired man across from her. It's fine, hiding things, making people see things that aren't there, or vice versa, she explained. She's good at it, too, Janie asked, added. 
Margot shrugged. I feel like I'm really doing a terrible job reading today. <laughs> All right, I apologize. I'm trying to concentrate, but... Ugh, okay. All right. Is that like a family trait, Henry asked? Janie sucked air through her teeth and looked nervously at Margot. Was that a... What? Is that a bad question? He asked Janie nervously. No, it's fine, she said, looking at him curiously. You've never heard of the Lafleurs? Henry shook his head, indicating he hadn't. Oh, she said, in mild surprise. I don't really speak about I speak to any of my family. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Margot interrupted him, raising her hand for him to no, to stop. No, it's fine. If you didn't know, you didn't know. She studied his face coolly and realized he was being honest. She found it refreshing that someone didn't know about her parents or siblings. Breaking the awkward silence, Pauline and Trevor joined them at the table. Henry greeted them, but he limited his conversation after his faux pas for the rest of breakfast. And faux pas is spelled right. Very exciting. <laughs> Ooh, drinking break. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's tasty. Yeah, you really need to drink to get through this book. There is just nothing going on. You know what I mean? It's oof, oof. All right, here we go. The staff meeting. <laughs> How many people do you think just turned off this podcast? <laughs> well, let's muscle through for all the diehards. <laughs> the staff meeting was much as Henry expected. He followed Janie, Pauline, Trevor, and Margot into the Great Hall being careful to keep his distance from the black-haired woman. They sat near the back on the central benches, and Henry tried his best to figure out how things were working. From what he could tell, the seats on the raised platforms against the sidewalls were reserved for more senior staff. There seemed to be some seniority at work in the center benches as well, but he couldn't tell if it was coincidence due to newcomers such as himself avoiding sitting too near the front out of shyness, nerves, or something related. Wow, that was a long sentence. The two men from the previous evening sat in chairs far in front of him. Previous evening, evening was, what, orientation, right? Uh, they probably had names. I don't remember. <laughs> The two men from the... Okay. As the room settled, the older, Elliot, rose to speak. Before we start, I just want to welcome all of our new mages. If this is your first meeting, please rise so we might give you a hand. Approximately 18 men and women stood, and the senior mages clapped. Oh, that's nice. Aw. Henry spotted Joe across the aisle and waved. Joe nervously returned his greeting. After a moment, everyone returned to their seats. Henry tried to inconspicuously watch Margot like a freaking creep, <laughs> who sat a few people further down the row. Sit back. To, oh, god damn it! Henry tried to inconspicuously watch Margot, who sat a few people further down the row. Sit back down. <laughs> but he ended up looking silly as he leaned forward to glance around Janie. What's with you? She whispered. Nothing. Pay attention, he replied, waving towards Elliot. Janie looked down the aisle in the direction Henry had peeked. Oh, <laughs> spelled wrong. <laughs> Henry turned her gaze towards 
their superiors. Yes, I spelled peak uh, like the top of a mountain. Yeah. All right. Monday meetings will just be assignments for the week, Elliot continued. Any new business that we all need to discuss can be brought up on Wednesdays, and it will be resolved on Fridays. So on to assignments. Oh, my God. <laughs> Roland now stood, holding a clipboard in front of him. That's right, they got clipboards in the world of magic. <laughs> Uh, the outbreak of green fever seems to be getting worse in the wetlands. We'll be sending eight more healers to assist, and our potion masters will be focusing on appropriate treatments for the foreseeable future. That includes our newcomers. Looking around the room, Roland said, We should have two new potion specialists. Could you both stand? Joe, and to Henry's mild surprise, Pauline, stood at this request. He was beginning to have trouble keeping all these people straight. All right, wait a minute. We're going to pause for a minute. Did we not know Pauline did potions? Or was that just Joe? All right, let's, we're going to flip back here. Uh, when did we meet Pauline? I don't think we knew that, right? Hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess not. We only met Pauline for a second. So, no. We didn't know she was potions. Okay, well, fair enough. I was thinking of Joe. My bad. All right. Um, for now, Roland began again. We'll be keeping our new warrior mages here, probably until the end of the week. At that point, we should be able to form a new patrol. Until then, Lieutenant Jackson has your assignments. Ooh, Lieutenant. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I just put it in the book because it's a funny word, right? Like someone who's a Commodore. <laughs> Not the musical act, the people who want to vote. All right, let's keep going. The balding man from this morning stood on the raised platform on the far side of the hall towards the front. Oh, these directions. Okay, so that's Lieutenant Jack. He's the bald guy, I guess, from the training grounds. I do, whatever. Who knows? <clears throat> we'll be starting with the same assignments as last week. There is some talk of possible raiders operating in District 4, so we may have some assignment changes towards the week's end. Additionally, we haven't heard from Endicott or and Hidalgo since last week. Oh, Jesus. Murmurs began around the hall. Henry and Janie looked at each other confused. A few mages began yelling. Ooh. Elliot in the front of the hall raised his hand to calm the crowd. We should not read anything into this just yet, he said coolly. We should not read anything into this just yet. Roland has suggested we send another party midweek if we still hear nothing. We must move on now. Ooh, drinking break. Wow, exciting. Two of them in this fucking short-ass chapter. Mm. Wow, I hope that's the end of the staff meeting, because... If you're listening to this podcast, you've, you got to go to how many meetings so far? Oh, that should be a discussion question. <laughs> all right. Henry walked home alone that evening, exhausted. While it was all, quote, magic, it was still a significant amount of effort. A day of testing had let him, left him spent. His other colleagues had similarly headed to their homes, bodies sore and egos strained. Aw. 
He was also disappointed he had missed Janie for lunch and dinner just due to the schedules being so different. The possible exception of the large man named Pulley, he hadn't really enjoyed the company of the other warrior mages. The oddly prevalent level of competitiveness surprised him considering they were all, quote, professionals. I feel like I'm using quotes a lot in this chapter. (laughs) All right. As he walked towards his little house in the fading light, he noticed a figure seated outside. As he walked closer, uh, both sentences start with as he walked. (laughs) He saw it was Janie seated alone with a glass and his bottle of whiskey. All right. There he is, Janie said, swirling her glass. Smiling, Henry asked, is that my whiskey? Where else would I get whiskey, she said, sipping from her glass. Ooh, I wonder if it's Jim Beam repeal batch. (laughs) I was going to have a drink, but we'll keep going, because we're almost there. Henry went straight to his front door and pushed it open. Reaching inside, a glass flew to his hand. Turning back towards Janie outside, he walked over, followed by a chair seeming to float out of the house behind him. He joined her in the grass just off the path leading to his home. Pouring Henry a glass, Janie asked, Long day? Yeah, it was. Not bad, though, I suppose, he answered honestly. Janie sat silently beside him, sipping her drink in the dark. After a moment, Henry ventured, Your roommates didn't come? Pauline wasn't home, and Margot said no, she explained nonchalantly. Was that really bad I mentioned her family? Janie sighed. No, it wasn't. I mean, how would you know? She's been like that for as long as I've known her. Like what? Henry pushed. Oh, uh, you know, she doesn't speak with her family. Lafleur's are very powerful. Her father is a minor lord somewhere in the north, and he's known to be a bit ruthless. Her brother and sister are both magistrates. She wants nothing to do with any of them. But Margot's not ruthless, Henry asked. But Margot's not ruthless, Henry asked. Sorry, I didn't do that right. (laughs) Janie laughed. No, not at all. She might seem a bit cold at times, but she always means well. At least I think so. What about Pauline, Henry continued. She seems real nice, perhaps a bit shy, but I think everyone who does potions might be. Like Joe, Henry responded. Same deal, although she's an off-worlder on top of that, Janie said. Wow. And that ends an exceptionally exciting chapter five. Well, that marks another chapter of nothing at all occurring. I mean, good freaking lord. I'm exhausted just having read it. Anybody who has a real job must be infuriated that so far this book appears to be about staff meetings. (laughs) I freaking can't stand this. Oh my god. I had no idea this book was so slow to get going. I mean, we're already on page 30... what? We made it to page 33 today. So, uh, we're about a sixth of the way through the book and still... Nothing of interest has occurred. I mean, I guess we know that Henry's kind of into Margot, but Jesus Christ, this is so weird. You know, and he's being creepy, too, with the staring and getting a little too excited to talk to her. It's very lame. Very lame, you know. 
Uh, the watching her sit down, that was a little weird, but... Ugh. Well, I think he was down the row, so it wasn't like just staring at her ass or something while she sat. That's nice, I suppose. He just thinks she's pretty, I think. We don't really have any more information about these two idiots, so... Yeah. I mean... What, they had breakfast? I think all this chapter was trying to, like, uh, put across is that, A, Henry prefers the company of his friends over his co-workers, right? That's not particularly surprising, right? And, B, he's a little bit too into Margot, right? A little bit creepy, but... Not so bad, because it doesn't look like anybody suspects anything. Except Janie thinks he's acting weird. But that's it. That's all. You know? He's trying to ask... Oh, my God. You guys are going to love Chapter 6. <laughs> all right. All right. <clears throat> so, yeah. This is going very slow. So I think there's, like, some explanation required for this book. Because you're probably asking, like, what What the hell are you reading? Why? Why would you write this book? I think... The whole point of this book is just supposed to be like, uh, like how Henry and Margot met and kind of getting them, getting them together, uh, right at some point. But uh, I, I don't know why it's so slow. I guess if it was just all excitement, that'd be weird. But I don't know. Things happen in this book. I just don't know where. Ugh, it's brutal. So we've had five chapters. Two of the five have had been meetings they went to. <laughs> it, I'm really mad at this book. <laughs> like, I thought I'd be embarrassed reading Bringing Balance. Wow, this is way worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine what the sequel to Bringing Balance sounds like. It's probably really awful. I, I, uh, uh. I'm embarrassed reading this for myself, and I'm not pleased with, like, the first few lines of Chapter 6. I, right now might be a good time to drop out of the podcast. <laughs> but if you're going to stick around, I got some discussion questions for you, right? I mean, if you think this podcast is really slow, please write in and tell me. Uh, uh, what did we have for typos? I mean, we had peaked was spelled wrong. Uh, I was all over the place with capitalization on um, quotes, right? Okay, so I think what's going on here, I'm going to check. Like, I think if the quote appears at the beginning of a sentence, like, so it says, uh, really, what's that like? He exclaimed with far too much enthusiasm. That was in regards to Margot being an illusionist. Ooh. Right? Really is capitalized, right? Because it, it's starting a sentence. But, all right, uh, oh. Wow, I just found a contrary example, but we'll keep looking. <laughs> but then, like, uh, Janie sighed, comma. No, it wasn't. I mean, how would you know? She's been like that for as long as I've known her. So, it says Janie sighed, comma, quote, and then lowercase, no, it wasn't, right? So that, no, and that's in regards to Henry asking if it was bad that he mentioned her family. So there, I didn't capitalize it. But I can't say that's a rule, because as I was flipping, I saw another sentence where I didn't do that. When Margot interrupted Henry and said, no, it's fine. It, that one's capitalized. I, uh, so I don't have, there's, this thing is, uh, this thing needs an editor. <laughs> Someone who's not me to go through it. But, yeah, we're not gonna do, that would probably cost money. And, you know what, nobody's buying this. Let's be honest. <laughs> 
I don't think I've sold any... Well, I've sold two copies of Offworlder to myself. Yes. <laughs> and that only cost me, like, uh, I got six bucks because I pay only, like, the printing fee. But, like, if if somebody buys it for $11, the print copy, I get, like, $2 because Amazon has to take the printing fee and then, like, a royalty fee. What the fuck does that even mean, a royalty fee? Go fuck yourself, Amazon. I don't know. All right, discussion questions for this snore of a goddamn chapter. Ugh. All right, all right. Let me see here. I'm going to read a little bit of this, but... Okay, so Margot is eating eggs and potatoes, right? That sounds... Who doesn't like home fries? I mean, that's amazing. Um, do, do, do. Okay, so Janie walks out to meet her, and she's got a plate containing two croissants. All right. Now, in my mind, that's insane. So the discussion question is, when eggs and potatoes, hot breakfast food is available, does anyone really opt for just baked goods, Right? Nobody. Well, who would do that? Who would get the continental breakfast items when you could get eggs or bacon, right? That doesn't make any sense. Am I correct or am I insane? I think I'm correct. Nobody's buying the, getting the baked goods. You could have eggs. Oh my God. So write in if you're, if you agree. I, nobody would ever take the croissants. I, unless maybe, all right. Unless you're, like, fabricating a sandwich, like, if it's the scrambled eggs and the giant, like, uh, steam tray, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe you take a croissant, too, you slice it in half, pile some eggs up on there. I can see that. That's different, though. Janie's just eating the fucking bread. That's, that's maniacal. Who would do that? Ugh. All right. All right, second question. So when they ask the mages that are new to stand up, Henry says that approximately 18 people stood up. <laughs> My question, I guess, is approximately 18, really? Who would approximate 18? Wouldn't you say 20? <laughs> approximately 20. That's too specific a number, right? That's the discussion question. It's too specific a number, right? Yeah, come on. That's insane. Nobody would say that either. This chapter is like showing the insanity of Henry and Janie. I think that's what's happening here. All right, question three. All right, so Janie's drinking Henry's whiskey. This happened earlier, too, when they first got to his house, right? They drank whiskey. All right, so my question is, is Henry's whiskey local? This is particularly pertinent, because what I'm saying, is it from the world of magic, or is it a freaking bottle of uh, Jim Beam, or like Bullet? Let's say, let's say Henry likes, uh, Henry's kind of a, what do you think Henry would drink? Do you think he's he's not a follower? Is he a hipster? Hmm. Hmm. He might drink some weird small batch nonsense, right? Jim Beam, anybody can buy that. Yeah, he's probably drinking something like that to be a little kooky. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what, though? I don't think he's, like, classy. He's probably just drinking Maker's Mark, which is delicious. But let's be honest, a little overpriced, right? Come on now. Okay, or is he drinking whiskey from the world of magic? I would think the modern industrial production of real straight bourbon whiskey. Well, actually, it doesn't even say it's bourbon. So whatever, straight whiskey would make a better whiskey. Unless we're talking about blended whiskeys, right? And that stuff's terrible. I think a lot of people aren't going to have an answer for this. <laughs> well, all right. 
So let's just whittle it down. Is it from the world of science or the world of magic? That's all you got to tell me. And maybe, if you can think of it, what uh, brand of whiskey is he drinking if it's from our world, the world of science, where he would be a database administrator? That seems a little short-sighted of him. I would think he would buy it in the world of magic. There was no implication that he had just come from the world of science into the world of magic. So he's probably got it from here is my guess. That'd be what I'd say. You know, do you think they put labels on the bottles in the world of magic? I'm going to say, I hope the labels are like Harry Potter picture kind of things. Like somebody's moving on the label. Yeah, that'd be rad as hell. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Mm -hmm. All right. So those are our three discussion questions. They're a little off because, once again, nothing happened in this freaking chapter. <laughs> yeah. I hope nobody was operating heavy machinery while I read this because snore. Am I right? All right. So if you want to write in with discussion questions or berate how terrible this book is, you can go over to jeffreadsbook.com and there's some ways to contact me there. Uh, you can go to... Uh, Mastodon, and you can contact me at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. Or if you're on Twitter like a normal person, you could tweet me. I meant normal as opposed to the people on Mastodon. Yeah, all right. You know what I mean. I'm not saying normal people have to be on Twitter. Twitter's kind of, it's my preferred social network, except I don't check it ever. <sighs> but it's way better than Facebook. Oh my God. Woof. <laughs> Anyway, um, if you're on Twitter, Fortran Jeff, right? And if you want to send me an email, because you're old school, and that's probably the best way to contact me, you can hit me up at jba at sdf.org. Or I suppose you could find me on stupid Reddit at uh, Printstar. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, those are the ways you contact me. But, you know, write in with some discussion question answers. Right, so we can have, you know, this is like a virtual book discussion group. Everybody in the live studio audience is already talking about this chapter and how they're furious that they bothered to come here to listen to this this week. <laughs> yeah, so that about wraps it up. Uh, do you want me to flip through chapter six and tell me, tell you if you're going to be disappointed? That way you could unsubscribe from the podcast. <laughs> da, 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 um, uh, oh my God. Uh, okay, I mean, so this next chapter, all right, it's going to have a bad start. <laughs> I, uh, let me see here. I got to check. Um, yeah. All right. So chapter six. You're not going to like how it begins. I mean, you're probably going to be pretty mad. But it ends okay. I think you'll like it. Maybe in the end. Yeah, that's about all you can hope for, though. Um, all I can do is apologize. <laughs> I don't think the world needed this book. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're going to get through this together as a family, right? And we can only be a family if you write in with those answers to my discussion questions or just tell me what, you know, ask what the hell's going on in this book. I just want to hear if somebody loves it or hates it. My guess is hates it. <laughs> so, or if you're just, you're just hanging around to see if it gets better because maybe this is hilariously bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my English teachers would be furious at this point. <laughs> but 
I don't think any of them are listening, so forget it. I guess we're done here today. I'm having a little too much fun making fun of this book, and I'm actually kind of excited for next week. So I guess until next time, keep on reading. 